everybody. Welcome to edition 10 of the one-on-one FPL podcast. This week's show is a little different with Jamie off ill, so I'll be riding solo today. So let's get straight into it. On to the wrap-up from last week. So myself, I wasn't sure what to do on last week's podcast. I was waiting for the press conferences, but in the end, I brought in Sterling and Zaha for a minus four. Sterling didn't play, however, didn't actually have too much of an impact. 75 points, my sixth green arrow in a row, and now up to 67K with the all-important wild cards still up my sleeve. The heroes from last week were Martinelli with 12, Cancelo with 18, Diaz with 6, Trippier with 7, Haaland with 12, being 6 and then captaincy, and um, Andreas Pereira coming off the bench and scoring 6, which was a nice little boost to the rank when all of the recalibrations occurred. On to the rundown from last week. Bournemouth came from behind to beat Leicester 2-1. Chelsea with uh, plenty of rotation, beating Wolves 3-0. Man City 4, Southampton 0. Newcastle scoring five goals against Brentford and beating them 5-1. Very frustrating for all of us Pope owners again with that clean sheet wiped away with the Tony penalty. Brighton losing at home 1-0 to Spurs. Crystal Palace beating Leeds 2-1. West Ham 3, Fulham 1. Arsenal beating Liverpool in very controversial fashion, 3-2. Everton losing at home to Man United, 2-1 after going ahead early. And Nottingham Forest finally scoring a goal and score uh, end result, 1-1 versus Aston Villa. Uh, now, what caught my eye last week? So if we look at the Chelsea defence, uh, Kepper starting again. So at 4.4, is he the way to get into the Chelsea defence. I know a few of us were looking at uh, Fafana before he got injured at the same price. But if uh, Kepa's the new number one at Chelsea, um, he might be the one to look for moving forward. He also played midweek in the Champions League. Man City both attacking and defending. Their expected goals against last week was less than 0.1. So what that meant was that the clean sheet was never in doubt against Southampton. And... You know, other than this week against Liverpool, you'd probably uh, expect that right up until the World Cup with some of the teams that they're playing. Newcastle have now scored nine goals in the past two games. So it's a big test for them this week against Manchester United. Son and Kane combining quite well against Brighton. So Kane scoring with Son, the assister. And actually overnight, Kane and Son scored all three goals for Spurs in their win in the Champions League. Finally, on what caught my eye as far as the positives are concerned, Arsenal continue their rich vein of form, free-flowing form, that is. However, they're very fortunate with their first goal being offside, which I was quite happy about because Martinelli scored the goal. And they're also awarded a very dubious penalty. So, But overall, they look very confident. They look very united. And they're sitting on top of the ladder. So that demands respect. On to the bad. So... Probably the three teams on the weekend that had the biggest nightmares were Leicester City and, in particular, Danny Ward. They just cannot seem to defend, and Ward just makes mistakes each and every week. He will be nailed to my bench spot um, as a 4.0 goalkeeper, but I can't see myself starting him no matter who they're playing. Fulham's defending is also very ordinary. Um, Even though they scored first against West Ham, They conceded three goals, and it seems to be the same story every week where they can score goals, but they do seem to give up goals as well. And finally, Brentford made some shocking mistakes against Newcastle. So could this be another one of the defences that we want to target moving forward? 
So, you know, two, two of those five goals that they gave away were just inexplicable errors from either the defender or the goalkeeper. So they're also one to watch as well moving forward. Now under the spud villain of the week. So my villain of the week was Graham Potter and his rotation of the Chelsea squad. So it's very impossible to predict the starting lineup that he put out last week um, for myself. So speaking selfishly between James's one pointer and Sterling zero minutes, that's 16 million of my salary cap for 16 minutes of play and a solitary point there. So Yes, I was lucky getting Pereira coming off the bench, but you know to invest uh, ten million into Sterling and not have him see any minutes was pretty frustrating. Um, I'll talk about Sterling a bit later more in this podcast. Onto the injury list, so we've seen the injuries pile up over the last week and a bit. Now, if we went back in time two or three weeks on this podcast, we did say this is the time where, with the fixture crunch and the fixture congestion. We will need to bat down to probably player number 14. So you will have to have at least two on your bench that you would be more than happy to start most weeks. Um, so, you know, with this crucial block ahead, with, with all the red, red and yellow flags, um, I'll just run through some of the players now that are injured at the moment or not available. So from Liverpool, Trent, Matip and Diaz all look like they'll be missing this week and potentially a lot longer, especially... Uh, um, Diaz, who's been ruled out to probably after the World Cup, they're saying. Reese James, so this was an injury that he did in the Champions League. So, look, probably not a sell just yet. We're waiting for more information from Potter. So we'll probably get that later this week. Look, probably won't play this week, but with the blank in 12, there may be some other fires you may have to put out um, first. Martial picking up another injury last week, which was very uh, frustrating for him. So there was a lot of fantasy Premier League owners that actually bought him last week. So he started, but I think he lasted about 20-odd 20, 20 minutes last week. Now, Jesus didn't train midweek for Arsenal. So he's definitely one to watch. And Zinchenko is still seems to be quite doubtful down there at Arsenal. Um, Anthony Gordon picked up his fifth yellow card last week. So he's suspended, as is... Uh, Emerson Royale, who's still suspended in the Premier League, even though he played, obviously, Champions League overnight. For Leicester City, Castagna came off early in their last game and looked to be injured. He's currently got a yellow flag. Now, for, for the owners of Castagna last week, that was great because when he came off after 60 minutes, Leicester had not conceded any of their two goals to Bournemouth. So he was able to bank the clean sheet. But he currently does have that yellow flag and probably is a bit of a doubt this week. From Aston Villa, Leon Bailey and Lucas Denier. So for anyone that's owned these two over the last year or two, we know we know that they're very much trolls in the fantasy Premier League stakes. But um, Denier is probably out for a little while long, longer. Leon Bailey, we probably have to wait for Steven Gerrard's press conference later this week. Kyle Walker and John Stones are still look to be missing out of the Man City defence. You know, other than uh, Ken Seller, there's probably nobody nailed in that defence either. So they're also ones to watch. And finally, probably the most frustrating player for everyone at the moment out there in uh, Twitter land is Mitrovic and whether he's going to be fit and available this week. Um, I'm probably going to hold him. But again, we'll have to wait and see on the press conference later this week. Now, the notable players at the moment that are on one, uh, sorry, that are one yellow card away from a suspension We've got uh, Jesus. So not only did he train, did he not train midweek, he's also one card away from a suspension. Ramsey from Aston Villa, Reed from Fulham. Madison is only one yellow card away from suspension. So it would be an absolute disaster 
if he was to get a yellow card this week and then blanked in 12 to go with all the other blanks, obviously from Manchester City and from Arsenal. And the other notable is Manchester United's Dallo, who's on four yellow cards. So one to watch because I know he's been brought in by a fair few managers in the last couple of weeks. Onto the weekly Twitter poll. With the investment dynamic shifting this year from big at the back to a strong front three and now mid-price mids, what is your optimal formation? So we put out to the, the Twitter sphere four options and from least, um, I guess from least to most, we went 4-4-2, came out at 6%, 4-3-3, came out at 9%, 3-5-2, came out at 21%, but most people out there that voted on our poll are going to roll with a 3-4-3 for the upcoming fixtures. So what that tells me is there's still a whole lot of value up on that forward line at the moment. You know, obviously someone like a Haaland's a must-have. Most teams now are probably looking at Kane. You've also got your Mitrovic's, uh, your Jesus, your Solanke's. Um, uh, so there's there's plenty of options moving forward for those front three, but we've seen a big shift away from big at the back. So it'd be very interesting to see how everyone looks to navigate through that over the coming weeks. On to the stats of the game week. So the first stat I'll bring up is the most shots in the last four rounds. So if we look at this, we can see, and there's no surprises who's on top, but uh, Harland has had 16 shots in the last four rounds, nine of which are on target. Now, I should also say that... Um, uh, this also relates to midfielders as well as forwards. So it's not just your forwards. We've got Tony, who's had 16 shots, of which six have been on target. Bowen, who's found form, 15 shots in the last four rounds, five on target. Saka, who was sold by many last week, 14 shots with six on target. Foden, 14 shots with nine on target. And Bobby Firmino, in the last four weeks, has had 13 shots with eight on target, which is... Quite a high amount when you consider he's also spent um, considerable time on the bench. Now, onto the clean sheet odds for this week, thanks to Draft Hound. Very surprisingly, Wolves top the clean sheet percentage of 44%. Obviously, that's in regards to their current fixture that they've got this week, which is against Nottingham Forest. Tottenham also share that with 44%. Then you've got Arsenal, 38%. Chelsea, 37%. Man United and Brighton, 31%. With Manchester City, 27% to keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. And Liverpool, a very small 16% to keep a clean sheet against Man City. On to the long ball of the week. So my long ball of the week, and I actually hope this happens because they're both in my team, but I'm predicting Madison and Zaha both getting returns this week when they play against each other. So I see this as a high-scoring game. So if, so if you have them both, start them both. So, and then we can just sit back and watch the game, not have to worry about the clean sheets, purely just worry about moving forward in those final thirds. Now, my take it to the bank, which is a, a much more higher certainty than my long ball, is City to score two plus goals this week against a Liverpool back four that could consist of or could have Canate and Gomez in it. So, I'm backing the likes of De Bruyne, Haaland, Foden, etc., to score. Minimum two goals this week against Liverpool. Now, um, Robbo played some minutes midweek in the Champions League. However, might not be fully fit. So I'd still expect that the back four for Liverpool this week will likely be um, Gomez, Canate, Virgil van Dijk and Tsimikas. Now, the questions from Twitter. 
First question came from FPL Moccasin. He asks, with Man United's fixtures turning for the better, are the likes of Ronaldo, Anthony and Dallo options? So I'll just run through them one by one. Look, at his price point, I don't think Ronaldo is probably the right option at this point. Still don't know whether he'll be starting and, you know, to invest such significant funds into an asset that we probably don't know what we're going to get just yet. He's probably a hold off and wait or probably just don't even look to go there until he's strung together three or four solid weeks in a row. Um, Anthony has scored three goals in his three Premier League games. Looks very sharp on that right wing, cutting inside. He's definitely one to monitor. And if you're feeling a little punty, I think he's a very good differential. Now, as stated earlier, Dallow is on four yellows. And with next week being a blank week for Arsenal and Man City, I think he's a wait until at least game week 13, 14, because you don't want to bring him in this week. He might happen to get a yellow card, and then you've got another fire to put out in game week 12. So I think he's more game week 13, but most likely 14, because in 13, they are playing against Tottenham. The second question comes from FPL Red for Life. He asks, he or she asks, what should I do regarding my beloved Reds? So it's a very, I guess, broad question, but... I guess to summarise Liverpool at the moment, very tricky situation at the moment. I think if you don't have any of them, I'd stay away, especially considering that they're playing Manchester City this week. If you own Salah, Firmino or Darwin, I think I'd hold. Um, Game week 12 presents a great opportunity to make up points, especially during those blank weeks for City and Arsenal. Look, Salah overnight scored a five-minute hat-trick in the Champions League. So, look... Obviously, the quality of the opposition being Rangers is far less than what he's going to see in the Premier League. But I think that if you've come this far, um, he may be worth holding on to, especially considering what you can do with him in um, game week 12. With Trent and Diaz's injuries, they are very easy sells. And there's probably no one else that you'd probably be looking at as far as Liverpool are concerned at the moment. Now, moving on to buy, hold, sell, wait. Just before I get into this, I think we need to address the blank game week for in week 12 for City and Arsenal. So I don't think you can buy any of, sorry, I don't think you can buy any players from these teams this week unless you're planning on wildcarding in 12. But you're probably better off wildcarding in 13, which is what I'll talk about more when I run through my side. So I don't think buying any Manchester City or Arsenal assets this week works over the space of the next two weeks. So... When we go through the players and I guess the transfers in this week, we can see Foden has been transferred in by 441,000 fantasy managers at the time of this podcast. He's currently valued at 8.2 million. So he does offer, I guess, a cheaper option than uh, Kevin De Bruyne. However, their fixtures are Liverpool and then blank. So look, the fixtures after 13 are very good leading up to the World Cup. But I, I just don't think that he's one that you could move towards this week. He's probably a hold if you've got him. Um, but I don't think you could buy him. Trossard, 270,000 transfers in so far this week, 6.8 million. Very good placeholder for Foden. He's got very good fixtures in the next two, being Brentford and Nottingham Forest. Now, that's where you might want to move from a Trossard to a Foden or a Trossard to another midfielder, maybe a Martinelli or a Saka if you don't have them, because the fixtures turn in 13 for him where he's got Man City and Chelsea. But I think as far as a two-week punt's concerned, he's definitely a buy. Moving on to Almiron from Newcastle, 5.2 million. Very cheap option, has been performing and getting 
many returns in the last few weeks. 270,000 managers this week also agree and have transferred him in. His fixtures are Man United, Everton, Tottenham, Aston Villa. So I don't particularly like those fixtures. Two out of four probably aren't great. Um, but, you know, if if you're wanting to move some money around and, you know, he does actually offer um, the chance to be able to, you know, downsize one of your other midfield assets, get to him, that's when you might be looking to buy him. But with so many good options now in the midfield, is he one you want to buy, especially considering we're only, we've only got six weeks left until the World Cup. So really, whoever you're looking to buy, you probably want to hold on to them now from now until the World Cup, unless you've got a wild card up your sleeve. Moving on to Tony, 7.3, 105,000. Uh, his fixtures are Brighton, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Wolves, and then Nottingham Forest. So he's got very good fixtures leading up to that World Cup. I think his last fixture before then is Chelsea. Uh, sorry, is Manchester City. But he's got a pretty good next five weeks. So he's one that if you don't have him, I think he's a buy. Um, but if you've got him, obviously hold him. Skamaka and Bowen from West Ham. So Skamaka scoring again, scoring nine points last week at 6.7. And Bowen at 8.2, who scored from the spot, scoring seven points. Their fixtures are Southampton, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Man United. Now, Liverpool's defence has been quite shaky. So, look, if you had have asked me three or four weeks ago, would I be looking to buy them, you know, over this period, I probably would have said no. But looking at, I guess, the way that Liverpool have been performing, there's there might be a potential opportunity here with Southampton, Liverpool and Bournemouth over the next three weeks for some points. Um, it would just depend on your team uh, balance. Personally, I won't be going as a Skamaka because I'm pretty happy with my front three. Um, Bowen's one that, you know, maybe on wildcard I might be considering, but with uh, game week 12 ahead um, and those blanks, it's probably one that I'm looking to um, navigate to somebody else. Now, Perisic at five and a half, 120,000 managers have transferred him out in the previous week. However, he didn't play midweek in the Champions League. So that would suggest to me that he's been rested for this week's match. So he might be one worth looking at buying for this week. However, he always does carry that risk of he might not start any game. It just depends on the way that uh, Antonio Conte is thinking. Now, Sterling at $10 million. Now, as I said, I bought him last week. He was a three-week punt. Last week, he didn't start, although after... Watching that game against Wolves, I think if he had a start, he would have had an absolute field day the way that um, the way that Chelsea uh, controlled that game. So I'll be keeping him for two weeks. I think that most people should keep him. He's probably not a buy at this point, but he's probably a hold. Um, and then, you know, maybe look to move him across to a Manchester City asset in uh, game week 13 after their blank. Now, Dominic Solanke, I think last week I teed off on him and said, look, he probably is not one that you'd be looking to go to. You know, Bournemouth, you know, according to the fixture ticket, were rated very highly. But when you're Bournemouth, you're playing against a team that's just as good, if not uh, better than you every week. Well, he certainly shut me up at 5.7 million, scoring eight points last week. Um, you know, he's probably one that you could go to. Now, his uh, expected goal involvement was actually quite low. So you might say he was fortunate to get those two assists, but he still did score the eight points. So Bournemouth's fixtures ahead are Fulham, Southampton, West Ham, and Tottenham. 
Look, to me, I think he wastes a transfer. But look, in the next two weeks, he does have good fixtures. So if you're one that's got uh, Mitrovic and you're wanting to move him on, Solanke is probably the easiest route um, to go. You can also free up some money too. And finally, just want to talk about Kane and Son. So Kane priced at uh, 11.4 and Son priced at 11.7. Their fixtures upcoming are Everton, Man United, Newcastle and Bournemouth. So look, both have probably hit form in more recent times. Kane actually hasn't blanked since the first week of the season. So he's been very consistent, meaning that if we didn't have um, Haaland scoring every week for Man City, I think we'd all probably be talking about Harry Kane. So the other thing to note is Kane scored midweek in the Champions League. He also did miss a penalty. But while Son scored twice in the same game. So looking at their fixtures moving forward, Spurs offer a really good uh, differential, um, especially in, in the next two weeks. Um, while some of the other big teams blank. Now, under the best captain choice this week, I think there's only really three options that you'd be looking. You'd be looking at, obviously, Haaland against Liverpool, which you probably wouldn't have said that at the start of the year, but in the form he's been in and with all the outs that Liverpool currently have, I think he's one that, you know, he's probably going to be the highest captain player this game week. But if you're wanting to go a punt and not follow the trends... You got. You can look at Kane. So you know Kane's got a pretty good fixture this week versus uh, Everton at home, and then the third option is probably one of the Arsenal um, attackers against Leeds United. Now, for those that have held on to Saka or Martinelli, they're an option. Um, Jesus, look, probably have to wait and see on the press conferences later this week in regards to him not training earlier this week. But they're probably the only captaincy choices for me. I'm going to be sticking the uh, captain's armband on um, Haaland. Uh, I just don't see a reason why you wouldn't want to have it on him at this stage. Now, on to my team reveal. Um, I'm going to be rolling my transfer this week. So I've got two free transfers in game week 12, which will then allow me to get a lot more uh, information this week um, and then make two transfers next week, possibly three, depending on the way my team is currently shaped, and then get a wild card in game week 13. So, look, my side at the moment, subject to press conferences, is Pope in goals, James Saliba Cancelo, Sterling, Madison, Martinelli, Zaha, Harlan captain, Tony, and Mitrovic up front, with my bench being Ward, Trippier, Andreas Pereira, and Diaz from Liverpool. Now, the reason I'm rolling with James, obviously heavily flagged, and Mitrovic is because of the bench having Trippier and Pereira, who's playing Bournemouth this week at home, I feel like I do have the right cover to be able to protect my starting 11. And then even if a third player misses out, I've also got uh, Diaz from Man City, who, yes, they are playing Liverpool, but I would expect him to start this week, um, especially considering who they're playing. So... With that in mind, look, I don't expect James to start based on what we've heard uh, earlier this week. So, look, it's very likely that Trippier is probably going to be coming on. Now, Mitrovic obviously didn't play last week, and the latest that we've heard swirling around is that Fulham have not been happy with the way that the Serbian national team managed him um, while he was on duty. So that also leads me to believe that he's probably more likely to not play than play. 
But as I said, I'm more than happy to go with Trippier and then Andreas, which means I'll have two free transfers next week, which is likely to be probably Trossard next week and then one other defender for Diaz. And then if I need to put out any further fires or if we do get any more information about James's injury being um, you know, far worse than what we first think, I'll probably also move on James for a minus four, knowing that though I'll probably field 10 players next week, which for me is enough. I don't think there's any standouts beyond what I've got, plus probably some Liverpool assets and maybe Jared Bowen. So I'd be happy to roll out, roll with 10 in game week 12, knowing that I can wildcard in 13. Good luck, everybody, this week. All the best this game week. Keep chasing those green arrows. Um, if you'd like to give this uh, podcast a like, please do so, or a rating. And um, as well, if you'd like to ask any questions or reach out to myself on Twitter, my Twitter handle is FPL Dimmer. Thank you very much.